Five, four, three, two, one. Let's do this. This is Pro Wrestling Uncut. With your host, Cole Dawson. Cole Dawson, and with me as always is my boy DJ Barbecue Charles. Uh, we have to start this week with a little bit of unfortunate news. Uh, our good friend Dave the Tiger Man St- Smith uh, is is having some difficulties in life and such things right now. He has decided for personal reasons to step away from the podcast for the time being. Um, we don't know if he will be back. Uh, I'd like to, I'm, I'd like to think he'll be back with us at some point. Um, it, there's, you know, no drama, no, no, no big deal. We didn't all want to kill Charles. It's not Charles's fault. It's not Charles's fault, guys. I promise. But uh, I just want to wish, you know, want everyone, all of our listeners, and for me and for Charles, we want to wish Dave the best of luck in uh, everything he does. And uh, so now, let me introduce DJ Barbecue. How are you this week, sir? I'm doing good. You know, fuck that Charles guy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so, uh, what's ha- let's see. We had a lot going on this week in the world of professional wrestling. It was WrestleMania 36. Uh, I quite enjoyed WrestleMania 36. Um, what did you think overall? And then we'll get into this and break it down kind of match by match. Uh, what was your overall impression? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, I, you know... For everything that's happening right now, I have to give it a thumbs up. At least they, you know, gave us something that was at least something we haven't seen, and it wasn't reruns like a lot of uh, uh, wrestling we've had to watch, unfortunately, because of the circumstances that's happening in the world. Uh, but I do like to call it like they uh, they had shirt call it WrestleMania 36 in your house. Uh, so I mean, it was unique. It was different. I mean. Obviously, it was more of a studio concept. Um, the only thing that I wish they would have done is maybe it had a little bit of the uh, the sound bites, you know, like you know, cheer the crowd like a, uh, like a sitcom would have. But uh, all, yeah, all around, I was pretty entertained on it, just because it's you know, at least it was something out there that we could watch that was nothing we've seen before. It, you know, and that's one of the the things about WrestleMania. They do, they typically do give us things we haven't necessarily seen before. Um, they always seem to find a couple matches that they haven't given away for free for the last you know six years, just over and over again. Right. Um, but this year was absolutely, definitely uh, the most unique WrestleMania of all time. There was no audience. Um, I think if they would have done laugh tracks or you know, cheer tracks throughout the show, it would have got uh, seriously shit all over by the internet. Um, we They did use some sound effects and uh, laugh tracks and whatnot through, at certain points in the mania, um, which we'll get into. Oh, I, I, I really did enjoy it. I thought um, it was a really good WrestleMania overall. Um, probably the best one since WrestleMania 30, if I'm, in my opinion. Um, I didn't hate it. 
my my biggest problem was it took a little while into WrestleMania and kind of just forget that there was no audience. And I, and it took yeah. a couple special performers to get there for me. Right. Uh, but let's let's just go ahead and get into our uh, our review. Um, you, did you watch the pre-show on day one? Yes, I watched both the pre-shows. The day one, um, I got there right before they started doing a pre-show match. Perfect. Right about Cesaro and Drew Gulak, which, yeah. you know, for me, this is the kind of wrestling I like. Um, it's It's all good. I just think that on this stage, with no audience putting in... Drew Gulak, who is a relatively completely unknown type person in a match, you know, he's just barely getting out there to the the wrestling world and putting them in there with Cesaro, who is one of the best professional wrestlers on the planet, but they and they've had him buried on the lower side of the middle card for his entire WWE run. I think maybe putting those two out there with no managers and no nothing else going on might not have been the best decision to start the show. But nonetheless, I thought it was a good match. Um, what did you think of, of Cesaro and Gulak? Um, Gulak and Cesaro, from what I've seen and other um, kind of back show documentaries of you know i mean legitimately these both these guys could both wrestle i remember seeing cesaro by another name in the independence and some uh, wrestling um, events either on youtube or ones that i've seen prior uh from a different company uh the guy can go um i did like the fact that it was more wrestling based than it was all kind of sports entertainment i'm not you know, a huge fan in my older years of the sports entertainment, you know, concept. But I like the fact that they were concentrating on the wrestling part of it and not more or less the funny, you know, gimmicky uh, laugh track type thing. Yes, I, I definitely that was one of the things I think really did help this event um, by by not having an audience there. It cut down on a lot of the silly shit. And uh, I cut down on some of probably some of the bigger moves and stunts people would have done right. had there been a regular audience. I, I think it it helped Orton and Edge probably save Edge from himself. I think it probably helped the latter match, which uh, I think was better than it really would have been um, had there been an audience. Like I think there were quite a few matches where not having an audience kind of helped it and made the wrestlers kind of just be more serious and more focused on the matches. Right. I'd like to see them continue once the fans come back. Let, let, let's continue with some of this more serious, you know, intensity in the matches themselves. And then when it's time to have fun and for Gaga, let's do Gaga. So yeah. um, one of the matches, I think, well, that brings us to, so the open of the show, Stephanie McMahon, I liked that they had her. I liked what she had to say. That was cool. It was a good open. You know, it, it's nice to have a McMahon open the WrestleMania show, kind of a little bit of a throwback to the older WrestleManias where Vince would go out there and, Welcome to WrestleMania! And then they cut to uh, one of the coolest things of the whole weekend for me. Um, it gave me the, the goosebumps and, the, and whatnot when they did the America the Beautiful 
uh, package where they splice together right. all the performances of it over the air. To me, that was one of the coolest things. Uh, how, did you, how did that land with you? I liked the mix-up. It was interesting because I was always curious on how they were going to do that. If they were going to somehow have somebody there to sing it because of like some like you know some restrictions that maybe some of the the athletes have or the staff has from their state that they live in. Um, but I liked how they adapted um, to the to basically you know not really be able to know what they were going to be able to do. So that was a nice touch. All right, so then after the package, we started with the Women's World Tag Team Championships, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against the Kabuki Warriors. I'm going to have you start. Give me your opinion on this match before I go ahead and give you mine. Okay, so with that match, I I had, for like storyline purposes, I thought it was just like, okay, why the hell did they just throw this together like that? Because you haven't really heard or seen anything about a tag team uh, women's match at all for, like, months, really. Um, yeah, right. They've been uh, – yeah. the Kabuki Warriors have been wrestling in singles matches. Right, and <laughs> you haven't seen really Alexa Bliss around in uh, so much the tag part. Um, you know, you have Nikki Cross and stuff, and all of a sudden there. But I do think that they gel well together, all four of them. Um, and it was a, it was a great uh, – it was a great match. But it wasn't like something that I, I would have wanted to see only because I would wanted to see the storyline build up for it, uh, which would have been a little better. But to the thing, I can't be that picky or choosy about it because of the circumstances. So I, I would give if I was gonna give it like ten being the most of excellent ma of match to number one being the worst, I'd have to probably give it a six, um, in that that uh, grade scale. Okay, well, if we're going, so okay, we'll we'll go on the on a one to ten scale. That's fair. Uh, for me, this was like a four. I thought I really like both the tag teams. Um, I thought this was this picked up a little bit from the Cesaro match, where at least the Kabuki Warriors never shut the fuck up. Like they're constantly making noise and talking and jabbering. And so, at least for that, this was a little more interesting. Because um, one of the problems with not having a crowd is just there's just like silence. Right. And, and the, the commentators didn't do a great job throughout the night of filling in the silence. And so if you didn't have a manager or a tag partner who was at least talking and yelling and doing something and making some kind of noise, um, it to me it hurt. This was one of the matches like I think this match went something like 19 minutes. Yeah. And so that was a problem for me. They, they could have they should have cut 10 minutes off of this match and maybe divided that 10 minutes up to Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler and definitely Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan. But um, it wasn't a bad match. It just there wasn't anything in this match that overly excited me. I, didn't, I don't think it flowed very well. Um, I don't think they really had much of a story in the match. It just kind of was one of those, like, newfangled, tag matches where there's really no super heels and there's really you know no clear cut baby faces because right. kind of everyone in the match is just sort of a heel except for Nikki Cross who's just like a bubbly super happy all the time like because they, they instead of being a crazy person like she was on NXT they've just kind of made her into like you know 
Alexa Bliss's bubbly little companion. And, right. and so that's, you know, either way, I like what she's doing. I think she's entertaining. I was, I was happy to see, you know, Nikki win the tag belts, but I don't know. I could have gone without, with this match being half as long as it was with a little more um, clear cut, you know, typical, you know, heel heat, cut the ring off and then let Nikki make a big fiery comeback and that kind of thing. Um, I was okay with the tag titles changing hands. I like Asuka better as a singles wrestler, but I don't necessarily want them to break up the Kabuki Warriors. I think they're one of the more entertaining acts on the show right now. Well, so. see, the, I was confused because, like you were saying, there wasn't really no face or heel. Like, you had um, Asuka and Ka- Kari that, or uh, I probably butchered his name. Yeah, Kyrie. Yeah. Kyrie. But, like, they were supposed to be, like, these heels. Well, then you have, later on, you have a um, local South Dakotan that's supposed to have been a heel the whole through time on her title reign in NXT, Shayna. And then, all of a sudden, they were supposed to go one-on-one between Shayna and um, Asuka. And that didn't happen. So, it was Carly, Kylie, whatever her name is. Yeah, Kyrie. Yeah, Kyrie. Ugh. <laughs> Days are running together, brains going mush. Um, so, I just it confused me on that point because it's like, okay, well, now you got heels and heels, and it, apparently, from what I understood, is that uh, Alexa and and Nikki were supposed to be some type of heel too. And so yeah, it, it, yeah, it, this it, it's it, it yeah. Just, it was like all around it, and I get what you're saying because I can see now when you're saying it didn't have really much of a story. Um, it really didn't. It was just, it, it, I'm not saying that they were sloppy because I haven't been in the ring to train, but it was just like the story that they were trying to say, it was just, it, it was all over the place. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it wasn't a clean cut. Like, right. yeah. And, and that's, that's one of the things I do miss about a little bit of a more old school approach where it's clean cut. These are the good guys. These are the bad guys. Right. Like that's, I mean, no green mist, none of that, which I guess under the circumstances when we're trying to not spread diseases, you know, maybe right. not having someone spit in someone's face, probably okay. But late, later on in the WrestleMania event, we had two people making out in the ring, so whatever. Like, right. you know, it is what it is. So, All right, so I think we're pretty much on the same page on this match. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. It just kind of was, it's and like, what are they it was maybe a little too long. Right? Yeah, well, yeah, there's that. I, I, I You know, yeah. It's really just, like, it's one of those things Vince McMahon doesn't like tag team wrestling, doesn't care about tag team wrestling, and until someone there decides they're going to make it a priority, we just have random tag teams and no real stories. Just, oh, there's titles. Someone has to fight for them. So right. there you go. So then that brings... You those fight for, like, months. And right, months, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you're not building women's tag teams, really, so it's just kind of like, okay, well, that was right. a thing you, that uh, happened. You, you bring the titles in, you... Take them off of um, Sasha and, and Bailey, and then you put them on the Iconics. The Iconics go through, which I thought was great. You know, they were coming on. And being, yeah, you know, yeah, very on. entertaining. Right. Yes, and, very and entertaining. All of a sudden, they, the Kabuki Warriors get the titles off of um, Nikki and Alexa, and then it just kind of was like, oh, yeah, so, you know, we're not going to concentrate on this. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. They they put they they booked a title just for the sake of 
having right. a women's tag title and then they don't care. But I mean the the reg- the men's tag team divisions, they don't care about those either. Right. So no, they don't. It's not a big surprise. No. All right. Well, we can't put this much time into every single match otherwise we'll be here for 7 hours just like Mania. Yeah, so we can do 15 <laughs> we can do 15 15. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to move along to match number two, Elias versus King Corbin. I got to tell you, this is a big pile of I don't give a shit. I don't I, care about Corbin. I, care about I don't care either. about Elias. Like, I, 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 you know, I enjoy – I guess I enjoyed this match more than I thought I would. Well, I was a little more impressed with Elias than, than what I thought his in-ring abilities were. But, like, Corbin is not a – like, people are like, oh, yeah, people hate him. He's a great – you know – People don't want to see him. He's got, like, I'm going to flip channels and see what else is on heat. Not, oh, man, I really want to see this guy get his ass beat. Like, that, that nobody cares about King Corbin. That's, and, that's the one thing that I, okay, so other than the fact that somebody dubbed over when he was getting tossed off that little scaffolding uh, by Corbin. Yeah. With, uh, you know, Mufasa from The Lion King, you know, falling down, which was entertaining. But you yeah. got two individuals that are supposed to be heels. And all of a sudden, you throw him as a babyface against Corbin, who I would say has to be the one that's the most hated person there. That people don't really think that he's a heel; they just think that he's a shitty ass wrestler. Like, yeah, you know, well, like, it, like, yeah, he's just annoying. Right? Yeah, he's just yeah, annoying. People are annoyed yeah. by him. So, like, I didn't really get it because in the in one point, you bring out this NFL guy that I I'm sorry, I was not a fan of of coming in because I just, the way that he acts like a, an immature middle schooler, uh, you know, dancing all freaking idiotic. Like, dude, you're not being impressive. You look worse than a white man. Yeah. So, okay. So let's just um, address, let's just address yeah. the whole Gronk situation oh, now. God, right. Cause that's name. what I, okay. Give, oh, so God. here's the thing. Oh, so Rob, God. Rob Gronkowski is going, this is one of the things that they absolutely should have completely scrapped once they decided they were doing this with no audience because the, the Gronk, you know, part, I see what they're trying to do. Like Gronk is known for being a party guy. He's like the, the world's oldest frat boy. Like, okay, so we get it. He's one of those guys. And that's fine in the WrestleMania setting. If they were in the big stadium and they could have had people, you know, they could have had extras there like dancing with them in the party bus or whatever the hell they wanted to do, it would have at least been a thing that made sense and wasn't completely out of place. But in the setting it was in, it just was kind of really flat and just silly instead of just being like, okay, like we get what they're doing. It's the party atmosphere. Cool. Like I think it would have went over a little better with an audience, but you know, the whole 24-7 thing that happened a couple on each night, whatever, we could just throw that out. That doesn't count. Other than R-Truth talking is one of the most entertaining things in wrestling. Yeah, I think Rob Gronkowski was a big flop for this. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. We gave him more credit than we needed to because in the beginning it was supposed to be him and him and Corbin, and then all of a sudden it was Elias and Corbin. So yeah, all right. We we talked enough about that match because oh, that just that was that was a <laughs> yeah, shot. Yeah, this in the this, eyes. this was this again. But I, I will give it this, and and this was kind of my opinion going in. Um, I knew that this mania was going to be better than everyone was saying it was going to be because I knew that they pre-recorded all the stuff. Yeah. We all knew they pre-recorded this weeks ago, so there was nothing was going to be the drizzling shits on the show. Like, if oh, anything I, happened I, in these matches that were bad, they could record, re-record it, 
they could fix the stuff. So there weren't going to be any blown spots. There weren't right. going to be any like really awkward things in the ring because they were able to edit any of that shit out. So like I knew all the matches were going to be fine. And so realistically, this match was better than I thought it was going to be, but it still just was a big fat I don't care. I think we need early to start doing the, the Drizzling Shits Awards. Because there believe, we go. believe it or not, people, like outside of the recording, uh, we've had a lot of talks about certain things, and Cole, <laughs> the icon of professional wrestling, has a lot of like drizzling shits top ten list. So uh, well, if you really <laughs> like to like hear the honest truth of like somebody that's you know seen training, been in training, like this should be the drizzling shit shitties or the shit awards. Well, that's whatever. fine. <clears throat> I will I during this breakdown I will award my drizzling shits award there for the go. event of WrestleMania. Be... This will be the initial crowning of the first drizzling shits <laughs> champion on the thing. Um and, and it's not this match. So I will no, go there because no. because a, a match that I'm not expecting that I'm expecting to be bad that turns out pretty decent doesn't get a drizzling shits award. Right. This was just a big bag of I don't care. Right. And I, so moving uh, moving on to on. something we actually care about. Right. Your girl Shayna Baszler. <laughs> hometown girl. Yes. Or not from girl, South Dakota. Girl. Yeah, South yeah. Dakota. South Dakota. <laughs> Challenging Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, this would be the point where I still haven't been able to get into this show, and, and unfortunately for me, this match didn't hook me and did not get me into the show. Although I will say that they picked up the intensity of the events during the show. They were working pretty snug. A lot of stiff kicks and punches and the forearms. A lot of contact in this, which was nice. And I think this is one of the matches that really was helped by no audience because you could hear everything. You could hear how much uh, contact they were making. You could tell they were fighting. Uh, this, my problem with this match is not necessarily what they did in the ring. Um, there's two problems with it for me. This is kind of a continuing trend over the last few years of using WrestleMania matches as a kicking off point to a feud as opposed to the finishing of a feud. Yes. Yes. Please yes. continue because I know what you're going to say. Yes. This is what so, I explained on Twitter. Correct. Yeah. So a couple years ago, they had the Shinsuke Nakamura AJ Styles match, correct? Right. And they had just this really basic, like it was a good match, but then they just kind of went home out of nowhere and finished the match before they had you know, the very typical big comeback, big ending right. that Nakamura is known for. And they did that here. They had this really interesting kind of, well, okay, here's my first problem with the match they had. They had a mat-based, like, strong wrestling match, which is fine for the first time these females have ever met, except for they had Shayna Baszler bite a fucking chunk out of Becky Lynch's neck, and Becky had to go to the hospital. This is a literal blood feud. They went, they waived their no blood rule for the longest time and had blood on a TV show, and Becky Lynch came in here and they did wrestling. Blood and guts. Yeah, they, well, but it wasn't, it wasn't blood and guts. They came out and had a wrestling match, which right. is fine, but not when it's a blood feud. They should be fighting. This should have been the match where they spilled out Right. Into the into you know the arena and fought 
and this this should have been just a real blood feud type match. And but they just they did wrestling, they did holds, they did submissions, they fought in the ring, and which is fine. But I I needed something more from this match. Right. And the quick roll up finish, you know, fluky win for Becky Lynch, followed by no response from Shayna, just really was a dud for me. It, I, it, it disappointed me, so I'm going to get your opinion now. Okay, so exactly like you were saying, they'd rather kick off feuds than uh, finish the feud, which my whole thing was, is I remember back in the day when, and I sound like I'm older than what I am, but back in the day in WrestleMania, where they have a feud build up like they did with this one. You had nonstop, she bit her, uh, she went through the cage, was supposed to be dominant, doing all this, they've been talking, they've been attacking each other. This should have been the opportunity. People would say on Twitter to me, uh, under our Kodai Radio Network uh, Twitter account, oh, well, you know, you're just crying, being whatever, because your, your person didn't win or whatever. And it's like, okay, all right, put it this way. This is an opportunity to build stars and push stars. They could have continued this feud. Yes, I think Shayna should have won the title because of the way the storyline was built up, this feud. It had that building point. It had that. And then when they didn't do the blood type feud, when they said they waived that, they went against their story once again. So now you have other than people, oh, 365 days as champion. If that was your main point of trying to build up Shayna, now you made Shayna – not so much look bad, but it's kind of devalued her a little bit in other people's eyes that are not used to seeing her. You know well, what I mean? okay, here, here, here's my thing. I think I'm okay with the finish, like the actual finish. Are the you okay pin, with the finish of the how fluke. she lost? Because no, I, that, yes. That move well, because here's what I would have done. Yeah. yeah, but here's what I would have done if I was going to do a cheap, a, a quick one. You know, if if Becky's going to get a quick one, okay, that's fine. What I would have done with this match, if that was going to be my finish, knowing that this is the jumping off point and we're going to have two, three, four matches out of this feud, I would have had Becky attack Shayna during Shayna's entrance, not wait for the bullshit because we didn't need we yeah we didn't need the big rig right. Yeah, because there's I don't know no why audience. That again. Yeah. Well, because they paid for the big rig, so I, you know, I would have wanted to use it too. That's that costs a lot of freaking money. Um, I just probably would have saved it for the next pay per view when there's an audience. Right. Because if if she would have pulled up and then they showed her face on it and the crowd popped big, okay, it works. But you know, they show the thing and and you know, crickets because there's nobody freaking there. So that was kind of a miss, but I would have had Becky jump her during the entrance and had them brawl and fight, and then you could get in the ring, and then Shayna takes over somehow, and she's beating the crap out of her, and out of nowhere, Becky gets a roll-up. And then as soon as the the three count is over, they ring the bell, Shayna needs to beat the ever-loving right. shit out of her, leave her laying, pick up the belt, you know, pose with it, throw it down on her, and then leave, and Becky's left laying. Uh, that would have been fine for a jumping off point, and then we can have a submission match or whatever as the next installment of this. But this just was kind of like, oh, she beat me. Oh, shucks. I, you know, I'm leaving now after I bit a chunk out of her neck to make a point the first time I, like, so, yeah. That was a real issue I had with it because it just seemed like really, it's like they had the, I always tell some people if they would just, loosen up the the chains the the locks and like yes. handcuffs on these athletes matches would be better 
it's like whoever the booker of this match is like, oh, you're going to have to do this move and that move. I have yeah. confidence, full confidence that Becky's a lot stronger uh, woman than what she's wrestling at, that she could actually go with a little bit more physicality. Uh, not vibes-wise, but like in-ring. You have a UFC, MMA, uh, mixed martial arts uh, fighter. You've had her be this dominant, undisputed like champ in NXT. You have her stupidly, I, to my opinion, that was stupid of her biting her. So it's supposed to be a blood feud. And then you have them have, I don't know, I, it was nice that they were stiff moves, but it was like really mediocre. Like it wasn't like what I thought yeah. should have, they, they, that those women could do. I have full confidence that those women could have booked the match themselves by themselves with nobody else involved uh, in, in corporate. And they could have had a better match than what they were, you know, instructed or practiced or whatever done. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, it's one of those things where it's just, if, if, I don't know. It's just it's one of those times where they're trying to be smarter. They're they're outsmarting themselves and trying to save something for later so we get this crap and, and instead of and, and it leaves flat and nothing to make me want to see the rematch now. Right. Like that's where I'm at. But I know we're going to get two to three more rematches out of it. So we'll see. Hopefully they'll, you know, as they get closer to the blow off, they'll be capable of right. so uh, yes, that'll bring us to this was the match going into WrestleMania. I thought had the absolute potential to steal the entire weekend to be the best match in the history of ever, if I'm being realistic, um, because uh, I don't know if you've seen a lot of El Generico work, but uh, Sami oh, yeah. Zayn uh, is one of the most impressive, fantastic professional wrestlers on the planet. Wait a second, and isn't, Dan isn't El Generico down helping an orphanage in Mexico? Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. Right. And, and Daniel Bryan is, in my humble opinion, the best professional wrestler on the planet. Oh, yeah. So far. if you've got if you got number one and, and you know arguably one of the top ten in ring performers in the world, they could completely tear the house down. Right. Um, but what we got was something a little different, which was kind of what more like what I was expecting, um, because Sami Zayn is playing a classic, fantastic, super entertaining chicken shit heel where he doesn't want any contact with anybody and he always tries to weasel his way out of everything um i thought this match was brilliantly done i thought it was great to have kind of a throwback old school undercard match where even though these guys were capable of stealing the entire weekend they right. they wrestled to their place on the card they told a great story they had a really good match and I was happy with the finish where chicken shit gets away with the with with a quick one out of nowhere and, and kind of steals a win and gets to walk away with the belt. I think this is how you actually build up titles. This is how you make things important. Right. Um, if they do this for six, eight months, a year of Sami Zayn never really winning a by himself or conclusively and but always seems to walk away with the title. Whoever takes the title off him is going to mean something. So um, I don't want to call this match a disappointment, but I, I know if they didn't have to do story stuff and they would, didn't do what they did, they could have had 30 minutes and had the best wrestling match of all time. Um, you hit it on so, the right point, though, because it was <laughs> yes. like a throwback to the old school days of like a heel 
trying to be the antagonist but doesn't want to be in yeah. that, that brutal fight. Um, yeah, I might get mad because he's a great athlete and he knows how to actually wrestle uh, and put on a great show. But at the same time, this is the way that he's doing it. He's playing it perfect. I just wish Homeboy would cut his hair. It looks just, he just looks really he looks really different and weird with that long red curly ass hair. Like we're doing sideshow Bob like looking like hair. I loved like, it okay. so much. There was one point in the match where he'd be getting his ass kicked for a while and Brian had kind of pulled his hair fluffed his hair out right, and right. it and this and that. And he just looked so great. I was like, this dude like here's the thing. As much as I'd love to have seen the best wrestling match ever. This match here is where your money's at. This right. kind of storytelling, this kind of selling, this kind of match is how you make someone a star and turn Sami Zayn from a mid-card, you know, annoying heel to a top guy in the company right. who can really draw some money. So I'm going to go ahead and give this a 7 out of 10 if I'm going to be there because, you know, it was really great for what it was. Um but I'm, I'm going to dock it a few points just because I know as a smart mark and someone who's followed these guys how great this match could have been as a right. athletic display of wrestling. So what, what, where were you on the I, scale of 1 to 10? I would give it a like a 7.5 to an 8. Uh, okay. Probably yeah. 7.5 uh, only because, like, you know, they, they could have done more. But at the same time, the way that they – uh, they did it. It was a good way to set up the continuing storyline. It did actually help. It wasn't like they they did it to start off the the feud. The feud's already been started, but it, it actually was a good boost for the feud to to go past WrestleMania to build it up even more to give it that extra push. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I I think this is a cool little feud. I just it's one of those things where I just get frustrated because Daniel Bryan's the best thing they have in the company and. And it is what it is. <laughs> there, was some, so. there was some moves that he did, though, that kind of made you cringe a little bit with Daniel, the way he land, would land. It's like, oh, yeah, that bro, dive. Like, come that on. dive where oh. – Yeah, like, bro, like, come on. <laughs> you're you're, you're, you're going to give us a heart attack here because – Number three with chili another, peppers. Another no lettuce. Extra chicken. And that will bring us to uh, the triple threat – singles ladder match for the tag team titles okay that was an interesting thing i understand that you know it would have been hard to just replace the miz last minute um i would have i told somebody i said i would have liked to see morrison just go and add it as a handicap match i could have built because you know morrison <laughs> morrison could go just had him do all that parkour stuff yeah i i <sighs> I, this is one of those times where I, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna get your opinion on this okay, match before right. I give mine. Yeah, right. go ahead so, and so give I me your I, rundown. I, I said that you know handicap thing, but here's what my problem was with the, the thing and the way that they had to set up. There was like just like with the um, we'll talk about the other match coming up, but they had a couple weeks or at least a week knowing that Miz already pulled out because he was sick. It's been all over no, that's not media. true. That's not true. For TV purposes, they had a week knowing. They didn't know Miz was not going to compete no. until he showed up to record the match. No, I'm saying – And I'm, he showed up with a fever no, and no. everything. Yeah, yeah, no, no, just let me finish, though. Like, like, individuals saw that, like, knowing that, you know, that they had this. Yeah, correct. The only thing that I wish they would have done 
at least instead of like kind of put that out as close to like the beginning of the whatever the the it was too close to that they could they have like tried to um i don't know there was a way that i know that you can in in, in tv and stuff that you could try to like throw something out there that they would have tweaked it a little different you know what i mean i know that they recorded it but just for like people's knowledge everybody's like oh my god we already know this this is that yeah correct but, but well here yeah let let me here is the reason I'm going to give them somewhat of a pass for this happening. They recorded Raw and SmackDown right. before they recorded Mania, right. and then they recorded Mania. So, yes, they had two weeks as a company to know that these situations were out there. And so they had two weeks of TV stuff that where they could have changed the storylines, could have let us know this was happening. However... They had already recorded all the angles, right? And they were already on. So, it, it, it's one of those things. Either, are you going to just completely? Meanwhile, they got shut down from doing any further recording. Right. Basically, the hour after they finished recording WrestleMania, so they couldn't go. They couldn't go do any. They couldn't replace necessarily any of the promos and that kind of thing. So it would have been hard on TV to do. I, I don't know if, if you'd want to put a disclaimer up and say things have changed since we recorded this on the middle of your show. No, but I mean like – And say – yeah, so they, I, like, I, You know, SmackDown came out, okay? So SmackDown came out, and they showed The Miz going up a ladder just fine, you know, dancing around, cheering, you know, whatever, just moving just fine. Then – it, they waited so late in that next day to put out that it was just going to be a, uh, you know, singles tag team match, if I said that correctly. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I wish yes. they would have just dropped that breaking news, like, real early, consistently, and put that out, being like, oh. Well, but that's break- it. They didn't, they didn't want to drop any spoilers before they aired SmackDown. And no, so I'm not SmackDown aired I'm afterwards. Like maybe an hour or two afterwards being like, oh breaking news, uh Miz injured himself. Uh doctors evaluated the Miz. He injured himself on the ladder. Uh did not realize it until he came back into the back. Uh, unfortunately now we are going to have to, you know, kinda like make a, a virtual uh social media story about it. And then yeah, but I guess and I say, guess oh, yeah. this is what we're gonna do. Yeah, but I guess my thing is the people that are going on the internet to see what's going on in WWE already knew that the Miz was out two weeks before. So I I don't know. I just I gotta give them a, a pass yeah. on I just the, not booking the rescheduling or not announcing them until I they absolutely that. had to kind of thing. I so. see what you're saying. I just it, it, with seeing him go. And walking up the ladder, standing there, doing all that just fine. And then uh, not until, like, that mid-afternoon you see them posting that, oh, by the way, now it's going to be uh, one person from each tag uh, tag team going for the tag team titles to defend. Um, I just – I don't know. I just thought – I always thought that they, they have an opportunity to be a little more creative. Even though, yes, people already knew that he was already out. But, you know, it just kind of would have – I don't know. I just thought it would have helped with the fact that they already pre-recorded all this stuff just to try to, you know, at least, you know, show that, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to try to make it look like an angle. So then I don't know. I just thought that maybe that could be an impossibility. 
Okay, so now that we're actually at the match, the bell rang. Uh, what did you think of the actual match itself, aside from maybe storyline plot holes? I, I honestly liked the finish. I thought. Oh, made, I loved the I finish. Thought, yeah, thought finish was great because Morrison is that kind of like it's built up on his agility of how uh, of a unique. Uh, type wrestler he is like he's quick thinking because you have to be quick thinking to be able to do all those parkour moves and to yeah. be able to do all those moves like that i liked how they were up there and he just like kind of when he knew he was gonna fall he grabbed on both titles and fell backwards and they both came out and basically yeah you have to have a hold one person of the belt they might have all three been holding that little bracket uh when it came off but he had the titles so that means he won I thought it was a great finish to build on that, to, to boost that, that whole tag team like storyline between the three of them. Yeah. I really enjoyed the finish. Um, I, I have mixed feelings about this match. Um, uh, let me just start by saying this, Matt, that this, as far as ladder matches, you know, big clusterfuck ladder matches go, I am so over big clusterfuck ladder matches which is maybe not something I should be saying today since my sister is about to be on TV in a big clusterfuck ladder match. <laughs> but um, I think by having three less people in this match, that made it better. I think by not having an audience, that made this match better yeah. because the match seemed to be more focused about getting the titles as opposed to doing all the cool stunts and taking yeah. the big bumps. Um, so, you know, they weren't setting up ladders just to do stunts. Uh, there were a couple times where they were setting up ladders just for a bump or a stunt where they found a cool way to do it so that it looked like they maybe they were I, the, the one where they set up the ladder for the finish. Right. Uh, I if I'm remembering right, John Morrison, like tried to hit them with the ladder and they yeah. moved. And so then the ladder got stuck in the other ladders and then like someone grabbed him. So the ladder was just there. So it didn't just like, oh, OK, I'm setting up for this big stunt, guys. So, like, at least they tried to even do that in a way where it looked like an accident or happenstance. And then later on, the ladder came into a ridiculous bump at the end of the match, you know. So, like, good for him. You're getting the titles, but you got to take this stupid bump, the, asshole. <laughs> the, the, cluster, the cluster ladder matches give me flashbacks to when they did a cluster ladder match. And I don't know if it was on a pay-per-view. I think it was or if it was on just a, a SmackDown show. But it's when Don Morrison's old tag team partner took one to the face. Oh yeah, that was definitely and, on a pay per view. Yeah, and it jacked, just like it destroyed his face. The, yeah, the fuck up, and that's the one thing, the reason why I don't like all these cluster, uh, you know, fuck ladder matches. Like, well, but to be fair, that happens even in singles yeah, matches. Well, that yeah. I mean, NXT recently uh, it was it Mia Yim and yeah, Mia got uh, her was it well, Io Shirai? Uh, Io no, Shirai got her yeah, she women, got her face busted open. Two women got their face busted open. One was because of a kick. And the other one was because of a ladder match. Yeah, well, I mean, kicks happen. But, yeah, once you bring the ladder in and you're doing stunts, it's things get dangerous. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what happens. Um, so, and, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the ladder is always dangerous. So <laughs> Going through a ladder match tonight. Correct, she is. And uh, I am rooting for her to become the new number one contender of the world. She better and, be. Uh, Having the opportunity to take on uh, Charlotte Flair. Spoiler alert. In my my opinion, (laughs) she better be getting that opportunity. She's worked her ass off. And also, 
I, I don't know I'm split. Uh, we'll get to that later, but I'm split with your brother-in-law. <laughs> All right. So just to put a bow on this match, I give this match a, I don't know, 7 out of 10. Uh, better ladder match than I was expecting, but it's a ladder match, and there was no story and no nothing, and it was just a spectacle for the sake of having a spectacle at WrestleMania. I would give it a 8.5 to a 9 because they actually – did pretty decent with the circumstances and they made the the build up of that storyline and the finish of the match make sense. I liked it. I thought it was Perfect. well done. All right. Now that brings us to what I considered my favorite wrestling match of night one. Uh, Kevin Owens defeating Seth Rollins. I thought that this match was absolutely fantastic. Was Tremendously brutal. helped by the fact that there were no fans because they told the story with their words throughout the match, the right. constantly talking shit to each other and some really good stuff. Very pointed. I thought this was one of the best matches I've seen Seth Rollins have. I'm not a big Seth Rollins fan. Um, he's good, but not great for me. He's missing that like it factor in my book. Um, but this was great, and when they did the disqualification, I was really disappointed because I was like, oh, man, they're having such a great match, and then that's the finish. And then I was really happy they restarted it, and then, um, I mean, yeah, Kevin Owens was maybe the only real kind of WrestleMania moment of the weekend, so to speak, yeah. jumping off the, the sign through the table and getting the win over Seth Rollins. I thought this was really well done. I, I really liked Kevin Owens getting a big win at WrestleMania. Finally, that was nice. I, I would give this a nine out of 10. Uh, I'm going to go with that same scale, but I don't think they needed that whole disqualification in that, in that match. They could have done without it and would have had the same result. And it was uh, well, I, I, I think their podcast them saying well really the only way to do the elbow drop off the stage gimmick is to do the bit where you restart the match and make it a no disqualification anything goes match right. because then he's not getting counted out while he climbs up on the stage and they, yeah. you know because if you did that in a regular match when you laid him on the table and you climbed up the thing at a double count out, and then that would have been a really shit finish. Right, yeah. So oh, I get it now. Yeah. I missed so, yeah, I mean, it is what wrong. it is, but yeah. <laughs> I'll admit that I was wrong on that one. Well, I mean, I get it too, but I mean, that's really, they did that finish so they could do yeah, to add that, the, that, yes, yeah, so they could make it no DQ and right, do the big so spot. So basically, I'm a negative 32, and Cole <laughs> is like one, 105. <laughs> Uh, we're all right. I, no, I, 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 it's one of those, I think, if you wanted to do that finish, you should have just made it a no disqualification match beforehand. Right. They could have done a little quick segments earlier on in the night between the matches and had them, like, fighting or something and say, hey, that's it. Your match is a no DQ match now. And But it is what it is. O overall, I thought it was a great match. Definitely the best wrestling match of night one. Right. And then that brings us to... What I'm going to dub as my drizzling shits champion of the weekend, Braun Strowman defeating Goldberg. What the fuck? 
Oh no, here's the Brock Lesnar thing. Oh, did I say his name? Oh. Yeah, we're not to Brock Lesnar yet. Don't worry. <laughs> I, 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 you know, no, no, because we're gonna agree. On, we're gonna agree when we get to Brock this ding, time. Ding. I think. But my, my thing is, Braun Strowman was it was so not in this position to be the world champ, yeah, whatever, universal champion. It's Raw's don't world champion. Get Please, the card. Don't hold back. He was he was so not in the position to win that title that he wasn't even on the fucking WrestleMania card before Roman Reigns decided not to do the match. And then they throw him in there with Goldberg and then put him over on Goldberg. And fuck. This like it was as far as the match goes, it was fine. That's what Goldberg is. He's in his 50s. If they're going to roll him out there for matches, this is what it needs to be, you know, 3-4 minutes tops. And the same thing if they want to roll Undertaker out at this point into the ring, it needs to be three to four minutes top. Just hit a cup, hit your, get your shit in, your big shit, and have a winner, and that's it. Uh, so as far as the match goes, it was whatever. But Braun Strowman is fucking drizzling shits, man. He's not a good in-ring performer. He's not a great promo. He's just a big, goofy-looking dude who they had do some cool stuff. And so he kind of almost got over, and now he's been in mid-card purgatory, and nobody gave a shit about him. Oh, I know. Let's make him the world fucking champion. Go ahead, Charles. <laughs> you promised me you wouldn't hold back when we would record, and that seemed like you were holding back a little bit. So tell us how you really feel. On, on, on... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Drizzling fucking shits. Get this uh, guy off my goddamn TV. <laughs> I, okay, so so I was told that, I think by you, that they were going to have, or somebody told me that Braun was going to gonna take uh, the placement. Like, okay, I get it, but here's my thing. Um, I'm not trying to be an inconsiderate prick when I'm talking about this, but they knew that with this type of situation with this virus and stuff and with Roman's medical history that they had this as a possibility that he's going to have a higher chance of having bad health things. So instead of last minute, they should have had this decision as a executives to say, hey, we probably should try to, you know, twist it, unfortunately, and, and change the storyline. Now, I'm in agreement with you. There was nothing set up to have him win a title or be in a title position. He just got beat by three different like you could say the champions goons Sami Zayn's to lose his intercontinental title and then they haven't done anything with him and then now they get that I honestly I don't I, I would have as much as I didn't like to see uh, the Fiend lose his championship I would have just liked to see Goldberg just keep it just because it didn't yeah. even make sense it just is like another oh well you know, and I'm not saying that I know how to write things, but I think I'm pretty creative mind-wise that I could come up with something a little bit better than just, like, we're just going to be lazy and just throw that in and just say, okay, we'll take care of it later. Yeah, I mean, if it was me, I, I again, this is another one where I give them a pass for not changing the storylines on TV and everything. You know, everything had already been shot. Right. It had been done. And then this was kind of, at least if we if we believe all the rumors and what's out on the Internet, this was, again, a last-minute decision. Um, even as 
Dr. Roman showed up to the facility and then once there were other people like, you know, Miz was sick and there were other people who reported to be that were sick. He decided, hey, I'm not going to chance this, guys, because of the leukemia and this and that. And I'm, I, I understand that you got to put your family first, right, you got to exactly. put your health first. So, I, I, yeah, so I'm okay with that. So, but I give WWE a pass for not being mostly that they were not able to go back and redo their TV that was already in the can and be able to change the match beforehand. I just wish they would have done maybe something else where they said, hey, Braun's going to get a match with Goldberg. It's going to be a non-title match. Um, and then they would have had an opportunity. They could have put Braun over then in a non-title match. And then you have an interesting, interesting storyline going right. forward. But then again, you would have – I don't know what Goldberg's contract situation is. Right. This was probably more than likely the last match he had on his deal. Um, but I would have thrown money at him and said, hey, can we just get you for SummerSlam? Hopefully by August, SummerSlam time, we're able to have a pay-per-view match. And then they could make that a triple threat or they could put Roman in that match. All the while, Braun Strowman going, hey, man, I beat you. I want my title shot. I want my title shot. Right. Kind of thing, and I, that would have made that would have made better sense. But also on the other side, it's like it, it's to me for an individual. You know, he might not be like because you you know you've trained and all that stuff. Um, but my vision on this side of it, it doesn't make him look good because it's like, oh, it took a pandemic for him to to actually win a title when he's you know nonstop flipped buses over, uh, ambulances and all this other stuff, and his yeah, but with it, Brock, yeah, and, you know. You know what I mean? Well, like, but yeah, but that's them. That's going back, you know, what a year or so now. Well, them getting cold feet and and pulling the rug out from under Braun a long time ago. I I mean, for me personally, there is no good point to put this freaking title on this guy because this guy is not a good worker. So like, I don't care when they would have done it, but at least if they would have done it after he was, you know, flipping trucks over and doing all that kind of shit, it would have made sense and he had some momentum. And now he's just got no momentum, and he's the new champion. And but I we like beat your Goldberg. idea, though. Make it a non-title match. Have the, all the announcers talk it, repeat it over and over again, and then be like, have him win the win the match. And then, yeah, then you have a storyline because it's a unique thing that you build up, and it builds up three different ways or five different ways you can take it, and then have Roman come back. You know? Or you know what? You know what else would have would have would have been great? Um, instead of. Instead of announcing a new match, this would have been a good time for Goldberg to go out and say, hey, I, I was booked for WrestleMania. I showed up. I want a match. Somebody's back. Give me a match. And then Braun comes out. And then they have a, you know, uh, that would have been at least, that. Would, I think that would have added to it. That would have made it something more interesting, at least a moment of excitement. But again, no audience, so you don't get that pop for the music right, and yeah. everything. So. It's it, I don't know. It's just a tough situation. So I'm trying not to be overly critical of them making this it, happen under any I circumstance. Don't think it's you know, if you, if you would have just recommended and said like you did that it should have been a non-title and just built up off of there. All right. You know. So. Yep. All right. So we, we got to keep moving along. This match was a dud for me. Um, but that will this will bring us to the main event of night one. And quite possibly the main event of the weekend, I think it's definitely 
the match that kind of stole the topic of conversation. I know just about everywhere you went Saturday night and Sunday leading up to day two of WrestleMania, this is what everyone was talking about. The Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. Now, this is another match I have mixed feelings about, so I'm going to ask your opinion from a more wrestling fan perspective uh, before I give my tainted old wrestler grouchy opinion of this match. Yeah, okay, Boomer. Um, <laughs> no, when, when it coming to this, I was kind of wondering how they were going to do this. I really... Uh, I, I mentioned with uh, my friend uh, who has actually been uh, coming over and uh, watching wrestling with me and stuff because there's not little much to do. He just lives down the street and, you know, with all the, the isolation and the, you know, quarantine thing. Oh, um, you mean you're not you're not practicing social distancing? Oh, we're practicing How dare social, you? Social distance. I mean, there's, you know, the whole, you know, he's six feet away from me when we're sitting in the living room and stuff. And yeah, so we're practicing that. But um, uh, with my son then too because he has school still to do. But um, I really wanted it to be a little different because I had a hard time believing that it could be a boneyard match and they're gonna do it in the actual performance center. I was like that would just be really dumb and stupid. And then this comes out and in the beginning and I'm like that looks really familiar. Um, it looked like a you know deletion final deletion type thing which I thought was pretty weird because, you know, they really didn't build off of that one with Bray Wyatt as much. But I was like, okay, this is going to get interesting. This could be cool. And then the way that it went and did, I was really liking it, man. I really liked it. I thought it was well done. It That's the way it should have been done um, because of the circumstances, and it made it more entertaining. And I would have to say that it saved that WrestleMania night uh, with the way that it was done and how it ended. I wish they would have had, you know, the the old keep rolling, 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 uh, you know, American Badass type of a song. But the way that they had it, I thought it was well done, man. It was a cinematic. Uh, uh, it was it saved the show, saved night one of WrestleMania. All right. So now. Did angry old wrestler opinion. I love I loved every single thing about this segment. I I realized that this was not a professional wrestling match. That that we all have to just accept that and understand when it's all said and done that this was a movie. This was a short film that they put you know and and explosions and all kinds of cool stuff into. It was not a wrestling match. Um you know, they, they obviously did, you know, different shoots and they had a bunch of different cameras and, and you know, uh, there there are pictures online that I've seen. So they, they had a full on movie set basically for this. So you can't compare this to other wrestling matches because that's not what it was. But as far as storytelling goes, as far as character development and everything in this I loved every single thing about this and the only concern I really have when this was all said and done was that this was so good and got over so well it was such it met with such a great reaction that 
this is what professional wrestling is going to start to look more and more like. I, I, that's my only concern, my only worry, is that if things like this get over and people like them, that we're going to get more of this, we're going to get more movies, more you know short films, and less wrestling. And that, to me, will be the death of professional wrestling as we know it. And then at that point, I mean, it's already a TV show, and we all know that, but I think at that point we're, we're, we're making a full-on TV show and not a professional wrestling show. So that's my only concern, but I give this segment an absolute 10 out of 10. I loved every single minute of it. I watched it twice. It was absolutely fantastic. And as far as The Undertaker's legacy, this is definitely the best thing that's happened for him in the last five, six years, really. And if they want to do this with Undertaker, make this his gimmick, I'm totally fine with Undertaker being John Wayne for the next five or six years yeah, and doing... That comment you said yeah. you messaged me when it was happening. John Wayne, yes, I, I agree. I think this was a 10, maybe even 11... <laughs> creativity and it actually yeah. shows that I've always said this for weeks I know that it's this situation I always thought one uh, adapted a little bit more uh, company wise more uh, over the other when it comes to like trying to you know how do you do uh, no fan shows uh, and I know one company you know stepped up and the other one didn't and to see WWE finally stepping up and being creative like they I know they can this was a you know, breath of fresh air, and I loved every moment of it, and I think they need to have The Undertaker do this more often. And whatever match they do, it has to be in this cinematic because it allows him to not look like uh, a fool out in the ring like people criticized him and Goldberg during the Saudi match that they had. Yeah, and, and that's it. I think this protects The Undertaker. This could prolong us getting The Undertaker kind of thing yes um but i thought it was just it was a great movie fight scene i really enjoyed it i it's one of i i don't it, i don't AJ think you could find not to yes. use that as a cheesy cliche because that's his nickname and stuff but he was phenomenal in that i mean helped him help the undertaker look even more powerful superb at his age uh it, yeah it was all around well done all right, so that'll bring us to a conclusion of night one of WrestleMania 36 uh, with my boy DJ Barbecue Charles here. Uh, it was a lot of fun going through this. Make sure you join us again as we go through uh, night two of WrestleMania 36. Uh, thanks for listening to Pro Wrestling Uncut. I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying have a good evening. Brought to you by KBAC.Rocks. Rock radio the way rock radio should be. Go to KBAKradio.com and listen today. Jekyll and Hyde Barbecue, our brothers from another mother, they make barbecue so good, mm -hmm, it'll put a smile on your face. Remedy Brewing Company, it's the remedy for what ails you. And Midwest All Pro Wrestling, go to MidwestAllProWrestling.com and get tickets and feel the excitement.